my beginner's guide to the exposure triangle. Hi, and a very warm welcome to episode 158, blimey, of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host, Rick, and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 27 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. I'm a professionally qualified photographer based in England with a lifetime of photographic experience, which I share with you in my podcast. First, here is the answery bit. The exposure triangle is the combination of three camera settings, aperture, shutter speed and ISO, which are used to get a correct exposure when taking a photo. The exposure triangle allows photographers to use a specific aperture or shutter speed for a photo and still get the correct exposure. The exposure triangle helps photographers get the correct exposure in challenging lighting conditions. Right then, well, that was the answery bit, but first let's have a quick recap on the three components of the exposure triangle, which I've covered in the last three episodes. Let's start with aperture. Aperture in photography is the size of the opening in the camera lens which light passes through to get to the camera sensor. The aperture can be made larger to let more light in, or smaller to let less light in. The aperture is used in conjunction with the camera shutter speed to get the correct exposure. The aperture is also used in conjunction with shutter speed and ISO to take photos with different camera settings. The aperture used also determines the depth of field in an image, which is the amount that is sharp from front to back. That was the answer a bit from episode 155, What is Aperture in Photography? Check out the episode if you missed it and you want to know more about the aperture. Moving on, shutter speed. Shutter speed is the amount of time that the camera sensor is exposed to light. The shutter speed can be changed to allow more or less light to reach the sensor, getting a correct exposure in combination with the aperture and the ISO. Fast shutter speeds freeze the action and capture fast-moving things, and are also used in bright lighting conditions. Slow shutter speeds can create movement and blur in photos, and are also used in low light conditions. When taking photos handheld, the shutter speed needs to be fast enough to prevent camera shake and ensure that you get a sharp image every time. And that was the answer a bit from episode 156, What are shutter and shutter speed in photography? And again, check out this episode if you missed it and you want to know lots more about shutter and shutter speed. And finally, ISO. ISO in photography refers to the sensitivity of the camera sensor to light. ISO is a camera setting that allows you to make a picture brighter or darker. The ISO setting helps you to use different apertures and shutter speed combinations to get the correct exposure in varying lighting conditions. The ISO setting enables you to use faster shutter speeds in low light conditions. ISO is one of the three elements of the exposure triangle, the others being aperture and shutter speed. The aperture and shutter speed controls the amount of light that reaches the camera sensor. ISO changes how the sensor processes the light, making an image brighter or darker. Lower ISO settings give higher quality images than higher ISO settings. Higher ISO settings can introduce digital noise into photos. Finally, changing the ISO does not change the sensitivity of the sensor. And that was the answer a bit from episode 157, which was all about ISO. Oh, okay, the full title was, What is ISO in Photography? All You Need to Know. Right then, so those are the three fundamental components of the exposure triangle, and I didn't see the point in rewriting these things because I'd, I'd done such a splendid job in the previous three episodes, hadn't I? 
And I wanted to to repeat those. That so if you've already listened to those episodes, apologies for the repetition, but I wanted this episode to be a standalone one so somebody can listen to this and understand exposure triangle. That's why I put the um the explanation in there. Okay, a fundamental point, one well worth coming back to. I mentioned it in one of the answers. The aperture and the shutter speed control the amount of light that reaches the camera's sensor. But ISO, it changes how the sensor processes the light, and that's the bit that can make an image brighter or darker. I don't want to go over the ISO thing and what it actually does. Check out the last episode for the, for the full explanation on that. But what does this all mean? Well, what indeed? I mean, this is important. This is very important. So the exposure, if we think about this, the exposure, it's the amount of light that reaches the camera sensor when you take a photo. Now, get the exposure wrong and you've got problems. You haven't got a correct photo. You've probably got a rubbish photo. And, as I like to say, photography, it's drawing with light, isn't it? Let's not forget that. Photography is drawing with light. Okay, how do I get the correct exposure? Well, if you're using an automatic mode, and no, I didn't write well at the beginning of that sentence, it just came out naturally. <laughs> Keep on going, Rick. If you're using an automatic mode on your camera, the camera does this for you. And there are subject-specific modes such as landscape, portrait, etc., which will bias the settings towards, you know, a, a a smaller aperture giving more depth of field for a landscape, a, sm- a larger aperture giving less depth of field for a portrait, that kind of thing. But they sort out the exposure for you. And a lot of the time, this works just fine. You, you can get great results using these automatic modes, which does beg the question, doesn't it? Why should I care about the exposure triangle? Why, Rick? Why? Why should I? My camera's got this covered, hasn't it? Well, if you don't want to understand the exposure triangle and you're happy letting the camera do all the work for you, that's absolutely fine. That's up to you, isn't it? You'll still get lots of great photos. But there will be times when your camera will not give you the correct exposure. So what do you do then? There will also be times when you just want to use a specific aperture or shutter speed and match everything else to give you a correct exposure. And you might you might just want to fully understand what your camera is doing and how there are people who need to understand this stuff. And I'm one of them. Uh, And finally, you might just want to have control of everything yourself. You don't want your camera telling you what to do. You want to decide for yourself, make all those decisions. And and why not? These are the reasons why you and indeed I, we need to understand the exposure triangle. Don't forget, there are times when your camera will do just fine. But there are times when you'll need to do the work yourself, either because you want to or because a camera can't cope with the lighting conditions. Talking of camera modes, let's just have a quick reminder on these. I covered these in a previous episode, but this is this is the bit you need to know for here. You've got automatic modes. and In automatic mode, the camera selects the aperture, the shutter speed and the ISO and lots of other stuff as well. Now, these are called basic zone modes on my Canon 6D. Sorry, everything's referenced back to the camera that I use, the Canon 6D. Then you've got the semi-automatic modes, where you select the aperture or the shutter speed, and the camera does the rest. And these are called creative zone modes, on my Canon 6D again. And then you've got manual mode, where basically you set everything. All the camera meter is telling you is what the exposure will be for those settings that you've chosen. That'll be it. So when I'm talking about exposure triangle, this is using the creative zone modes, which on my Canon 6D are bulb mode, manual mode, AV, aperture value or aperture priority mode, TV, 
time value or shutter priority mode, and P for program. No, that's not P for professional. See, in the basic zone modes on a Canon 6D, you cannot change the exposure settings. Now, for your camera, well, you've read the manual, haven't you? So you'll know exactly which modes you can change these settings on. So just have a look and refresh them because you've read your manual, haven't you? Yes, I have, Rick. <laughs> so why might, why might the camera not always get things right? Why not? Thinking about this, I'm going to cover this in the next episode and the main reasons why the camera might not get the exposure correct are these. Well, firstly, the camera meter is assessing the light coming through to the camera sensor and it's assuming that the world is grey. It's, it's pretty much averaging out all the light that hits a digital sensor to give what is 18% grey, which is also known as mid-grey or average middle grey, which I'd never heard of before. Examples? <laughs> well, I'll give you the ridiculous extremes. Photograph a white cat in a snowstorm. The camera... Th I'm not sure why I said cat. It could have been any animal. How about a dog? Photograph a white dog in a snowstorm. Why not? The camera thinks it's photographing a grey scene, not a white one. So what happens is it underexposes the snow and it makes it all grey and horrible. Go to the other end. Photograph a bat in a coal bunker. <laughs> bat in a coal bunker. Why would you be photographing it? And how would you focus on it? Oh dear. Um, so yeah, photograph a bat in a coal bunker. That's what came to my head, which is a, obviously a great concern, isn't it? Anyway, guess, guess what? The meter is fooled again and it will it'll overexpose the image and it'll turn all that black stuff grey. So not good. And there are limitations to cameras. So that's how and why they don't always get things right. I have to say, the good news is that the camera gets it bang on a lot of the time. We just need to prepare for when it struggles and do a bit of the, the heavy work ourselves. Another example is, um, well, if you take if you've got the sun in a photo, the light meter is going to struggle to balance the extreme range of light. And if you take a photo with the sun in it, the rest of the photo will probably be underexposed or too dark. The obvious solution there is to not have the sun in the photo, but sometimes you want to do that. But that's a specific lighting situation. So like I say, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about metering in the next episode because I want to talk about the camera meter and the challenges of getting the exposure right. So I'm, I've got some work to do on a title for that that makes sense and sounds interesting. Underexposed and overexposed, what do they mean? I'll just quickly, um, quickly explain these. So an underexposed photo, basically not enough light has reached the camera sensor. The photo is too dark. You need to change something to let more light in. And that could be either a slower shutter speed or a larger aperture. Or you could increase the ISO value. And with an overexposed photo, too much light has reached the camera sensor and the photo is too light. Here you need to reduce the amount of light that gets to the sensor, not surprisingly. And to do this, you could choose a faster shutter speed or a smaller aperture. Or reduce the ISO to a lower value ISO number. Finally, correctly exposed photo which of course is what we're aiming for for each photo that you take there is one correct exposure that's one combination of aperture shutter and iso one exposure value and you can get that correct exposure using a different combination of aperture shutter and iso and this is this is the point of the exposure triangle i'll, I'll come on to this Okay, let's let's just do some examples of, of why you might need the exposure triangle. Well, the first one is if you're choosing a specific aperture. 
So if you want to take a photo using a specific aperture, say using the maximum aperture, which for argument's sake, let's call it F2. But when you check the camera meter reading, the photo will be overexposed. Well, what do you do? Well, you've chosen the maximum aperture, which is the largest opening in the lens, letting the most light in, and your photo is going to be overexposed. So, so what you need to do is you need to reduce the amount of light, which you can do by choosing either a faster shutter speed or changing to a lower ISO. Next, you want to take a photo using the minimum aperture value, with the aperture blades closed as far as they go, making the opening in the lens the smallest. You've reduced the amount of light that gets through to the camera sensor, and your meter is saying that your photo will be underexposed. So you need to get more light to the camera sensor, meaning you need to use a slower shutter speed, letting more light in because it's more time, or change to a higher ISO. Now, different apertures give a different depth of field, and that's the amount of photo that's sharp. And there's also a sweet spot on every camera lens, which is the sharpest aperture with the least optical errors. So there are reasons why you would want to choose a specific aperture, and that will have an impact on the exposure and the settings that you're using. Okay, so that was aperture. Then there's the shutter speed, which, which is, is very much subject-related. If you want to photograph something moving fast, you'll need a fast shutter speed. So to get the correct exposure, you might have to use a larger aperture or increase the ISO to a higher ISO value. But to create motion blur in a photo, you'd need to use a slower shutter speed. And here you'd need a smaller aperture or reduce the ISO. Now, you've got to think about these situations with the lighting being the same. If, you, if you're going from photographing something moving fast and you've got a correct exposure and then you want to do something, then you want to reduce motion blur on the same subject even you'd need to make an adjustment. So that, that's where I'm coming from here. I'll give you some, some very specific examples later on, so they will explain things nicely. Lastly, choosing a specific ISO. Well, there's three elements to the exposure triangle, but my advice to you is that you get the exposure using the aperture and shutter speed, and you change the ISO if you need to. You start off with the lowest ISO that you can, and then you change the ISO, which, as you're starting with a low value, it means increasing it, but only when you have to, only when the other things don't give you the settings that you need for whatever reason. Okay, so that's, that's the what. So how does this lot work? This is the how bit. Well, to start with, there are scales for aperture, shutter, and ISO. You can look at these on the blog post of these episodes, which I mentioned above, and I've, there are links to them in this blog post. It's quite boring. I don't want to put you through that again. It was bad enough doing three of them one after the other. That's enough of that. But automatic modes, the camera's doing all the work for you, which I covered earlier. What I'm talking about in changing the exposure using the exposure triangle, it's, it applies to using the creative zone modes. We must remember that. If you're not going to use these creative zone modes, the more advanced modes, then you, you can't change these things. And that's why you need to check your camera to see which mode you need to use if you want to get into this a bit deeper. I'm going to give you some practical examples. These work for me and hopefully these will work for you. Right, you set a nice low ISO. Let's say 400. <laughs> I, I did say 100 in the script, but it, I realised I was tripping myself up there. I went with 400, which made, made things easy to explain. And for completeness, you're using a 50mm f2 lens on a full-frame camera and are shooting handheld. And it's a nice sunny day. Right, that's the scene set nicely with enough information to give this some context. So that's what you do. You compose your photo. 
Then you press the shutter button halfway and the camera takes a meter reading. It tells you that the correct exposure can be achieved using the following settings. Aperture f8, shutter speed 1 60th of a second. All good, so you take the photo with those settings. So you take the photo and it's too bright. So if it's too bright, you need to reduce the amount of light by changing, well, you've got a choice, haven't you? The shutter speed. You can change the shutter speed to a faster shutter speed, which means it's letting less light in because the sensor is exposed to light for less time. In this case, the next logical shutter speed will be 1 125th of a second, which is a one-stop adjustment. And if the photo is still too bright, then you try 1 250th of a second, which is a two-stop adjustment. And let's say the photo's all good at that exposure, so that's great. So the correct exposure is f8, 1 250th of a second, ISO 400. So we've taken the camera's meter reading and we've changed it. So, and that's fine, and this is what we do all the time. Now, let's look at this with the aperture. So we've already found out that a two-stop adjustment will give the correct exposure from the one suggested by the camera originally. So all we need to do is to make a two-stop adjustment to the aperture because we want to make the adjustment with the aperture, say we want to keep the shutter speed the same. So we need to make the aperture smaller, letting less light in. Going from f8 to f11 is one stop, and from f11 to f16 is another stop, giving you the correct exposure with a shutter speed of 1 60th of a second, with an ISO of 400, an aperture of f16. Okay, so that's shutter speed. Sorry, that was aperture. I, was, I, I had to scroll up to look at something and I lost my place. Finally, ISO. See, you want to stick with the f8 and 1 60th of a second. Doesn't matter why. This is it's the principle behind this. Simple. All you do is reduce the ISO by two stops. So ISO 400 to 200 is one stop and ISO 200 to 100 is another stop. And that's where my starting point of 100 didn't work. <laughs> ISO 400 is fine. So the correct exposure here would be f8 1 60th of a second ISO 100. Okay, so that all works nicely. You're using the exposure triangle to get a correctly exposed photo. Now, there's not too much science to that. You're correcting an overexposed photo in camera, and it's all fine. And yes, I checked, I checked this a number of times to make sure I got this right. And you can apply the reverse to underexposed photos, okay? We're not going to go into everything now because, well, I'll explain why shortly. But I've got a more complicated example. Good luck, Rick. As my script says, right, let's take this to the next level. Yes, let's do that. So <laughs> going back to the original settings, we're using F8, 1 60th of a second, ISO 400. So you take the photo, it's too dark. So you need to change a camera setting to let more light get through to the camera sensor. So what, you, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to change to a slower shutter speed. So if we're starting at 1 60th, the next full stop adjustment will be down to 1 30th of a second. And let's say the photo's still too dark, so you try 1 15th of a second. And now the photo's okay. The exposure is correct. So you've got 1 60th to 1 30th of a second is one stop. 1 30th to 1 15th of a second is one stop. So you've got a two-stop adjustment, and the correct exposure is 1 15th of a second at f8 using ISO 100. Now, I need to say here, these numbers aren't easy to follow, so just go over to the Photography Explained podcast website. You find the blog post. It's all, it's all written out quite neatly, actually, for me, and nice and clearly. Sorry, I just thought I'd say that. 
So we've got a correct exposure of 1 15th of a second at f8 using ISO 100. Oh, I found an error there. It's 400, isn't it? I'll just update that everywhere. Oh, see, I started with 100 and it didn't work. Right, I'll move on. I'll stop apologising. But we have a problem here. The shutter speed is so slow, because we're shooting handheld, remember? So the shutter speed is so slow, you're getting blurry photos. 1 15th of a second handheld, not going to work. So you need to take the photo using a shutter speed of 1 60th of a second to get a nice sharp photo. Yes, you could put the camera on a tripod, but that doesn't help me explain the exposure triangle, does it? But that's what I do. So what do you do? Well, you know you need to make a two-stop adjustment to the aperture, and that means that you go from f8 to f5.6, one stop, and f5.6 to f4, two stops. So that's your two-stop adjustment. This means the correct exposure will be 1 60th of a second at f4, which is the same exposure as 1 15th of a second at f8. And if you didn't want to change the aperture, your only other option is to change the ISO by two stops. So you'd go from ISO 1400 to ISO, it says 1600 here. Yeah, that's right, it's underexposed, isn't it? Oh, it did work. <laughs> it would have worked with 400, I got it wrong. So the correct exposure here would be F8, 1 60th of a second, ISO 1600. And this is how the exposure triangle works. You use the exposure triangle to get the correct exposure and also to get the correct exposure using the aperture or shutter speed that you want to use. And you use the exposure triangle to correct for when the camera meter gets it wrong. And yeah, I'm going to stop there <laughs> before I come up with a load more examples because those examples I've given you, they should be enough. If they're not, just let me know and I can do some more. But what happens is I get a bit, I get a bit muddled somewhere. See that ISO 1600 threw me and I... <laughs> I wrote the script this morning, so I forgot on that. But I spent some time making sure these are correct. So I'll check it again. There might be a there might be a, an apology and a correction in the next episode. I'll, I'm going to double check. Okay, a few more few more points here. There are many reasons why you would need to use the exposure triangle to get a shallow depth of field by using a large aperture, to get a greater depth of field by using a smaller aperture, creating motion blur by using a slow shutter speed or freezing action using a fast shutter speed. Changing one camera setting needs a change in one or two of the other elements of the exposure triangle to still get the correct exposure. Right, talky bit over. What if I use a phone and not a camera? Well, you can just ignore all this if you want to. I mean, I don't bother with the exposure triangle when I'm taking photos with my phone unless there's, unless there's something seriously wrong with a photo. And then I just use the slidey up and slidey down brightness thing on the screen to make things better. Now, there are various apps which go into a lot more detail where you can change all these things, but I don't do that because that's what I've got a camera for. Possibly one for another episode on mobile phone photography and exposure, but I'll add it to my list, but that's not going to be for a while yet because I've got loads on my list. And I'm going to cut, actually, I'll cover, it. I'll cover it briefly in the next episode when I talk about camera metering in this section. What if I use a film camera? You've got to get the proper exposure every time as you're using film. Every incorrect exposure will cost you money. And you won't know if you've got the exposure right or not until you've got your photos back from processing. Oh, that seems a long time ago now. But get to know your camera and you'll get a feel for when you need to make adjustments. I mean, that's what we did before digital cameras appeared on the scene. And this is also why practice is so important and why I've mentioned it in another episode. 
why applying a, a taking of photos with a film mentality, apply that to digital photography and it'll help your photos get bigger. It'll help your photos get better, not bigger. Okay, what do I do? Well, I use AV mode on my Canon 6D. I use ISO 100. I select F8 and the camera selects the shutter speed. And my camera's on a tripod. And I use auto exposure bracketing. Well, not touched that one in this episode ever. So what is this? Auto exposure bracketing, also known as, obviously we need an acronym, don't we? AEB. This is a technique where you take three, or you can take five if you want, three different photos at different exposures at the same time, and you merge them together later on, creating an image with an extended range of lights and darks. Now, my Canon 6D has this feature, and there are cameras now which do all the stuff for you, so you've just got one image which you can work with. Let's just think about that briefly. If you take a two-stop underexposed image, you get more of the dark stuff. And then if you take a two-stop overexposed image, you get more of the light stuff. And then if you add in all the bits in the middle, you've captured more of the lights and darks than you can in a single image capture. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. And it's accepted practice in many types of photography. And, And this is what I do. So there you go. Okay, some thoughts from the last episode, which was episode 157. What is ISO in photography? All you need to know. Well, what did I forget to say? Well, nothing which makes a change. But I just wanted to remind you that the lower the ISO, the better. But you need to make sure that the shutter speed is fast enough to get a sharp photo. So start with a low ISO. And if you need to, increase the ISO so you can get a sharp photo. Because a noisy photo is better than a blurry photo. Next episode well episode 159 i've covered aperture shutter speed iso and the exposure triangle so time to move on well i i was gonna i was gonna tackle crop factor next that rose in a previous episode and it's a term that certainly needs some explaining i mean i've got some unanswered questions myself first so some work for me to do there then i thought well shall i do that i thought no because um Yeah, I mentioned it in this episode. I'm going to look at how camera meters work and why there might be problems with getting the right exposure. It might end up being 10 practical applications of the exposure triangle, something like that. I think I've done one before. Yeah, I'll do that and then I'll move on to crop factor. Ask me a question. Well, if you've got a question you would like me to answer, just head over to the podcast website, photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start, where you can find out what to do. Or just say hi. It would be great to hear from you either way. And if you come up with the questions, it saves me from coming up with the questions. And it means that I'll be answering your questions, which is always the purpose of this. And quick heads up, I'm I'm looking to do a, a 2024 listeners questions only. So get your thinking caps on, get your questions to me. I have got three on my list, which I might just do in 2024 and see how that goes. So I'll need some more questions, though. I need another 23 to cover a year. Okay, plenty of time for that, isn't there? Right, that's all. This episode was brought to you by, well, for a change, a cheese and pickle sandwich. Still no crisps, still being good. But it was all washed down with a nice Diet Cold Pepsi before I settled down in my homemade, acoustically cushioned, technologically sound recording emporium. Today's acoustic treatment is two pillows and one fleece. Script says two hoodies. I, um, I went minimal. Okay, I'm done. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast, it says here. And also for giving me 27-ish minutes of your valuable time. Now, I'm pretty sure this episode will be 27 minutes long after I've I've edited out the mistakes. 
and all the other bad stuff. Take care, stay safe. Cheers from me, Rick.